Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. Hello, beautiful people of Steelers Nation. Thank you for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to find us on YouTube.com forward slash All Steelers Talk. I'm your host, Nostrack, by and joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Duckid Bell. Derek. Plenty of draft talk. We are less than two weeks away from the first round. The Steelers are now talking about trading up, maybe trading back, but we're going to talk some defense. It's a gorgeous day out here in the Burke. How uh, how you feeling, my friend? Man, it has done nothing but rain over the past mm-hmm. like two weeks in Louisville. So I, it's actually really nice out today. So I, I am probably going to go outside and just run around with my daughter or something before it just starts pouring rain again, man. I've never seen so much rain in my life. It uh, It's definitely rained here all week long. I'm trying to move. So I'm in the middle of a move. And every time it stops raining, I give like my truck like 45 minutes to dry off. And then I just put as much in there as possible, run it over. And then I'm running back. And by the time I'm coming back, it's pouring rain again. But today was nice. Yesterday was nice too. I think it snowed this morning though. So classic P- Pittsburgh weather. Jesus. All right, let's talk some NFL draft. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they're rumored to be trading up, trading back. We're not even – we're done talking about it. Until until a move happens, we are done addressing rumors of the Pittsburgh Steelers. But what we do want to talk about is the defense. You put out a tweet yesterday, I believe, last night, that said that you believe in the next year the Steelers will have to address the pass rush in – the NFL draft, free agency, I think you pretty much left that one open. I want your reasoning behind that because I don't think a lot of people realize the situation that the Steelers are in when it comes to their defense. Yeah, I mean, next year, I think that their pass rush and, like, their defensive front could be could be really good and it could be a strength. You know, you still got, obviously, TJY being the main guy, um, you know, MVP, defensive player of the year type candidate. Um, but, you know, you look at what Cam Hayward is doing right now at his age, he's kind of defying physics. Like he's still yeah. extremely productive. He's going to be 33 in a couple of days, I think. Um, so like, you know, you can't expect him to play at that level forever. Um, and then, you know, Stefan to who knows if he's going to be in the fold next year or not, but even if he is, he's, you know, an impending free agent. Um, you just look around at their defensive linemen. You know, they took Isaiah Loudermilk last year, but he's more of a run defender. Um, hasn't really ever showed any, like, promise as a pass rusher. Um, so you're looking at who's going to be that kind of sidekick to T.J. Watt, like moving forward um, after Cam Hayward kind of, you know, eventually is going to decline. I mean, no, nobody can play at that level that he is forever. So um, I don't know if they get – necessarily that sidekick this year because of all their other needs they still need a starting safety they're probably going to take a quarterback um but next year i do think that like you could if you're making an early prediction on where their round one pick could go assuming they still have one and they don't trade it um i think a pass rusher could definitely be on the board there for sure we made it about we made it three minutes and 30 seconds into this podcast before you mentioned if they still have their first round pick so (laughs) i'm just saying (laughs) So what do you think? Alex Highsmith, I think, is the one that stood out there. I, I agree with you on the Stefan Tuitt. Uh, I've told you that I think even if Stefan Tuitt comes back, plays a full season and plays well, the Pittsburgh Steelers move on from him after this season. He's just hitting that age. He's never had a healthy career, missed last season. So it's tough to say that this is a piece that you build on. And mm. 
Cam Hayward, I mean, he'll Cam Hayward will stick around until he can't play anymore. But like you said, he's getting up there in age. Alex Highsmith, I think, is the the big question mark. Do you think that Alex Highsmith is a dude that still has a potential future in Pittsburgh? Or, I mean, I don't think he's played him his way out of Pittsburgh yet. But I mean, both ways, like both as in he's not playing well enough. I think he's playing fine. And I don't think he's playing himself into a big contract. So he fits right in that mold. Yeah, I, I think Alex Highsmith is a really solid player. I mean, he's honestly like the perfect type of player to play opposite T.J. Watt, um, given their current structure on defense. Like you can't pay – it's hard to pay two edge rushers, you know, at the same time. And that's kind of another reason why I think next year there could be a priority placed on pass rushing because, you know, half is going into year three. We'll see if he takes a jump. I think Kai Smith is close to being tapped out. Like, I don't want to say that he can never be a double-digit sack guy, but I, I think Kai Smith is going to be a consistent, like, six to eight, six to nine sack guy with good pressure production, which is what he was last year. And that, that's that's great for the value um, that they have placed in him. I just – I think you're going to need that second impact guy. And with Kai Smith being um, – with him being going on to the last year of his deal next year, um, you know, the following year or whatever, um, there could definitely be an emphasis placed on, you know, even if it's an edge rusher, um, you need, you know, pass rushing. And that's going to be something that the Steelers covet because that's just how they build their teams. They they build it from, you know, the front back and they place a lot of emphasis on that, you know, front seven. So what I agree with all that. I don't know how much digging you've done into next year's NFL draft yet. If if I had to guess at least enough to answer this question, <laughs> is there, is, is the, is it an edge class, like an edge rusher class or is their best bet to find a defensive end? I haven't looked um, a lot of the defensive ends that honestly have popped on tape. Aren't going to be draft eligible next year either. I mean, there's obviously the guys like Will Anderson, but like, the Steelers aren't going to be bad enough to take Anderson. He's going to be the first defensive player taken next year. Um, there's guys, there's another guy that I've been kind of intrigued by that I've, I've gotten a lot of people um, that have sent me his stuff is uh, Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. I watched him oh, live. Yeah. I haven't studied him, but he's been really impressive when I've watched him live. I don't know where his draft stock's going to be, but he's a guy that I think you should keep an eye on. You know, the Steelers, um, they're going to keep their eye on the Notre Dame program. You know, Colbert was at the pro day this year. Um, that's just a, that's a frequent hot spot for them. So Kyle um, Hamilton was in for a visit. Can't forget yeah. that one. Yeah. So I think, I think Isaiah Foskey may be a name to watch for, um, next year, um, in the draft as well. So I agree with all that. I like the edge rusher. I think it's a part of the defense that's going to be crucial in the next year. I think that's obviously we could all agree. And I think anybody in the comments could agree well as well. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers live and breathe off of their pass rush. Isaiah Loudermilk is another X factor here because he has some upside. They saw enough upside to come and trade for him and then play him during his rookie season. I think they hoped Carlos Davis also had some upside. I don't think he's shown that nor Mm -hmm. has he stayed healthy. Unfortunately is Isaiah, does Isaiah Loudermilk have the potential to fill a role? Not not necessarily be a the guy, but fill a role. Yeah, I think I think he has potential to play a role. I mean, he he exceeded my expectations last year and what they asked him to do. Um, and I think that he's going to be a pretty solid run defender. I thought that that was really the one thing that he did really well at Wisconsin, but he's never really shown that um, pass rush 
potential. So you can have guys in your rotation up front, whether it be a defensive line or, you know, on the edge like that aren't great pass rushers, but um, you need impact players to rush the passer too. I mean, that's, that's kind of how you combat these high octane offenses. Um, if you're looking for other guys, like on day three, I mentioned this as a possibility too, with Alu Alu getting up there in age, I think he's 35 as well. Um, maybe they take a look at um, a guy like Neil Farrell from LSU. Oh, he's okay. a two gap in nose tackle who can play the run again another guy that really doesn't um possess a ton of pass rush ability but like you know as far as like maybe being a replacement for alu alu in the future like if you're not sold on carlos davis um he could be a he could be a guy like that that i've uh that's kind of caught my eye a little bit how much trouble is the steelers defense in because you brought this up and like it all seems very realistic that next year they have to fill at least one position probably two tyson alu alu i would not guess returns after the season. That's two prime spots. They don't have a true replacement. Like usually the Steelers have somebody like they had with Tyson that you could say, oh, well, you know, he's a guy, he's a starter. He's just mm-hmm. not starting. They don't have that guy. It Like, is it possible? Because until right now, defensive tackle in any sense was not in my mock draft for the Steelers. Are they going to hit a road bump? Like, is this a possibility? Yeah, I mean, I, I think um... – it could be a level of concern um, next year. Again, like trying to predict needs like a year away is always yeah. difficult. But like we're really just talking about it because of like how the Steelers are built and they want to be yeah. really strong in the in the trenches on defense. So it's, it's important. And you look at the depth and I think the depth looks really good for next year. If you're assuming that to it and uh, Alu Alu are going to be back, I think, you know, it looks pretty solid from that perspective. If everybody is able to stay healthy but you've got to look at things for the future. Um, just given Cam's age to it's going to be a free agent um, after next season. So there's there's some pause for concern. But, I mean, I, I do think that Loudermilk has – I don't want to say like starter potential like in terms of he's going to be like an Aaron Smith or somebody yeah. like that, but like – or even like to it or anybody like that. But I think that he could be a guy that plays um, – 60% of the 50, 60% of the snaps, and he's a good run defender. But again, you're going to need to find that pass rushing elsewhere if that's your plan for that defensive end position. All right, all right. I'm, I'm, it's a, it's a concern. I think I'm a little more concerned or rattled, I would say, because you just brought this to my attention. And until an hour and a half ago, I was like, oh, the Steelers are going to be fine. Defense is looking good. Uh, let's Ooh. answer some questions here in the chat. We got, I will start with a defensive one. This is your you you highlighted this a while back. I don't think we've ever really dug into what Brian Flores does to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, but it's obviously significant, and I think you would understand it better than most. Yeah, what's up, Jeff? By the way, Jeff's been a guy that I've talked to a lot on Twitter over the years. He's a cool, dude. Um, but I will say that um, as far as Flores, man, I think he's gonna have um, an influence in the way that they create their pressure schemes and I think that's honestly like by far the most intriguing thing about the addition for me specifically like he he loves to get really multiple up front uh you look at Miami like some of the guys some of the ways that they use their linebackers and their edge guys was really creative a lot of stunts a lot of guys standing up um it creates a lot of confusion from the offensive line in terms of like not knowing which way to slide the center who's coming, who's not coming, um, those type of 
um, situations. So, like, you look at some of the guys that he's had in the past, like Kyle Van Noy, kind of the, like, hybrid edge type inside linebacker. I thought he got a lot out of Jerome Baker um, oh, last yeah. year and the year before. He was a guy that um, – I thought he really maximized his athleticism as a blitzer. They blitzed their inside linebackers a ton. And even a guy that just got paid, um, their edge rusher, what's his name? Agba, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's another guy, like a lot of length, man. And he put him in so many good situations by getting him those one-on-ones on the edge just by creating pressure up the middle. Um, so I, I think that's where you're going to see the most impact. Um, I'm hoping that, you know, they can cr- – create some um, some mismatches up front and the Steelers have all kinds of athletes man like Highsmith, Wyatt, even Cam Hayward like we said still playing at a high level to really exploit some of that stuff and then a guy that may benefit from it is maybe a guy like Devin Bush who hasn't really had the opportunity to blitz a lot here in Pittsburgh um, to date maybe that's how they kind of get him going and getting back on track um, is maybe just to get him playing more full speed and in the backfield instead of, you know, trying to have him cover. Yep. I, I was just about to say that. I think Devin Bush benefits greatly with the addition of Brian Flores, just because the Steelers tried to use him as the inside linebacker. And I just don't think that the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is built for a V inside linebacker, you know, like they need specific, like, trait specific inside linebackers and Devin Bush is a dude who can be very athletic on the line of scrimmage come rush the quarterback when he's not afraid to hit somebody he's a really good run defending inside linebacker like he fits that mold and I think you need to use him in different ways to just have him stand back there plus it messed with his I mean his confidence was terrible to begin with but when you looked at Devin Bush throughout the season there were a couple of times where you're like This dude just feels like he's just sitting around waiting to get hit. And if you move him, he's not sitting around waiting to get hit anymore. He's making things happen. I think that that could change a lot for for Devin Bush. Um, First round pick here. Even if it means trading up, we said we're not talking about trading up, but we'll, we'll toss it out here for this one. Who's your first round pick for the Steelers? Um, If we're talking about want. Yeah. Want keyword. It's Andrew Booth from Clemson for me. I, I wrote an article <laughs> earlier this week, one that I'd been holding off writing just because I, I was, you know, trying to let the process play out. But um, for me, I, I'm I'm big on Andrew Booth, man. I think if he was allowed to test and wasn't dealing with his injuries um, during the pre-draft process, that he would be going like top ten. I, I really, I'm firmly a believer in that. What makes Booth's fit in Pittsburgh so intriguing, though, is like they play, they're going to play a lot of zone defense next year because I don't think they have the personnel on the boundary to play man. Um, but Booth played in a really zone heavy scheme in Clemson. Um, he's a guy that's an extremely freaky, reactive athlete. Um, Pittsburgh requires their cornerbacks to play the run very well. And that's something that Booth does an excellent job of uh, coming downhill, reading, uh, crack or place. Just being aggressive in that aspect of the game. So I think he's my favorite. And like also if the Steelers want to move to a more man heavy scheme, I think Booth's an even better fit there. So um I, I'm I'm bullish on Booth as far as like an NFL prospect. He is. I mean, he played in his own heavy um scheme at Clemson, Alex. But I think if you look at his man to man reps, like you can tell just with his athleticism, 
and really his footwork. That's what sets Booth apart from like your average first round cornerback. I don't want to say like generational because I feel like we use that word too much, but like he is elite, elite, elite footwork for a corner. His, his ability to use his feet and stay in his pedal without like declaring and opening up his hips too early, like it's teach tape stuff. So like he's a guy that can play in press. He can play in off coverage. He really can do whatever it is you want your corners to do. And like, I, I don't use NFL comparisons very often just because I always feel like they just don't make a ton of sense. But one that came to my mind when I was watching Booth is like Trey White. Trey White's his oh. own corner. He plays in Buffalo. Um you know, but they can do a lot of the same things. They play exactly the same. If you watch Trey White in press coverage when he's playing man-to-man and you watch Andrew Booth, it looks exactly the same. The same stance, the same footwork, the same motor technique, mirror. I mean, it's it's really good stuff. And I, that, I'm just – I'm really, really confident that he's going to be a very good NFL player. Yeah, Booth is a dude you've turned me on to a long time ago. I feel really good about him. Um, just want to address this real quick. Hey – this is what we're here to break rules. Okay. So you want us to break rules. You tell us to break rules. We'll go do it for you. Always. We appreciate you. Um, my guy is on the offensive side of the ball. And just to keep it somewhat realistic, it would be Jamison Williams. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, I love Deontay Johnson. And I think he is a wide receiver one. Uh, I'm a little eerie still on Chase Claypool, but I think that Jamison Williams is a dude that if he didn't tear his ACL and wasn't going through this rehab process would be a lock for wide receiver one. And I think he just has that type of talent. It's a new day and age. ACLs are not career ending. Chances are he's going to come back better than he was before the injury. And that's just a dude that he, no matter how the Steelers quarterback direction goes for the next three or four years, he's a dude that makes it that much better. If you have Mitchell Trubisky in there, people say all the time, like, oh, well, he ruined Allen Robinson. Like, yeah, he did. But Allen Robinson also like did a lot to make Mitchell Trubisky as best as he can possibly play. And I think that no matter who's out there right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers don't have like that guy, you know, there were times where um, Landry Jones was on the field and like, you could tell he was just terrible. And Antonio Brown, even though he wasn't having 10 catches a game was still having five and like turning them into something. And I think that Jamison Williams is a guy that you just put out there. You feel, you feel confident in him all the time. He's a generational talent at, wide receiver in my opinion yeah and, it, at least from a speed perspective i mean well, at dude, least from a speed perspective that dude i mean th- there's there's p- players that are fast at the receiver position and then there's like guys like jameson williams i mean williams is just an absolutely ridiculous athlete um who really dictates the way defenses have to play him i mean if you're gonna give him a free release off the line of scrimmage um it's game over. And like a lot of the times, like you saw Alabama, like there's been that clip that's been rolling around Twitter the last couple of weeks where they'll put Williams in the slot um, to get him away from press coverage and just send him up the field. And if he gets even on you, he's leaving. So it's over. Like at, at that point, it's over. Like all you got to do is just throw it up because there's nobody in a secondary, even at the NFL level, there's only going to be a handful of players that can run with Jameson Williams step for step. Stride that's for what stride. I'm saying. And that's why I said like he's, a player that dictates the way that defenses will have to play you because you're not going to be able to just throw any regular starting corner out there on him. Now, granted, like the one thing with Williams that I will say, like he has to improve at um, early on, it could be a struggle is just against press coverage because he's, he's taller. Like he is like six one, 
but he's really thin. He's got that lean frame. So he does struggle. Like when guys, like when I noticed when corners were able to get their hands on his chest, like it kind of knocked him off balance a little bit. So he's going to have to learn how to play through contact and like beat press coverage, but you can hide him early on. Like you can put him That's in the slot. You can put him at the Z, you know, motion him away from press um, and get him those free releases. And he's still going to be able to have a big impact. Yeah. And he'll put on weight. The NFL bulks you up and it bulks you up very quick. So I'm not that that those things are never a, a big concern for me. I yeah. I want to get to Tyler asked a question on Twitter. I see he's in the chat now. I wanted to go ahead and answer that. Um, oh yes, he did. Do you, are you pulling it up? Um, yeah, I'm pulling it up right now. Let's see. Jesus Christ, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? <laughs> All right, I got it right here. Everyone has, I can't pull it up on the screen, but everyone has their guys they are looking for in round one, but who is one or a couple prospects you're looking for in round two? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, And the name that immediately popped to my head when I saw Tyler uh, tweet that was Jaquan Brisker from Penn State. You look at a guy, like obviously the Steelers have a huge need right now, a strong safety. Brisker's been a guy that can really, really play (laughs) um, at that strong safety position. He's a really good cover man. The thing that I think makes him so intriguing is, like, he's capable of playing in the box. He can play split safety. He has a little bit of experience playing deep. Really good athlete. The Steelers love, like, really athletic profiles at the safety position. The thing that I like about Brisker is just how freaking strong he is and like yeah. physical. And like normally when you think about guys at that strong safety position that are physical, you're thinking like, oh, he's a limited athlete. Like Brisker's a freak athlete too. So like he's a very good um, – he's he's fast, but like I can see him being a matchup piece at the next level to kind of combat some of these like bigger tight ends, or bigger slot receivers. You can put Brisker on him and he's not going to be able to be moved at the break point of routes and big guys aren't just going to be able to shrug him off. Like he's going to be able to hold up. I thought it was interesting at his combine media session when we were there in Indianapolis, he mentioned that, um, you know, he couldn't even lift with the rest of the Penn state DBs. He had to lift (laughs) because they just couldn't lift with him. I think he put up like 26 reps, correct me if I'm wrong on the bench press, but you can see it on his tape. Like he's just not easily moved. And I think the tackling issues that he had last year um, were really more of a result of like him playing through that banged up shoulder than anything else. So I I like Brisker. I think he's if he's there at 52, he's going to be in strong consideration, especially with um, the Steelers sending their DB coach, Grady Brown, to see his pro day. I think that that bodes well for both him and like Tariq Castro Fields, maybe later in the draft, the corner. So that that that's the guy that I think on on day two that I'm looking at on defense just to say like that that could be the guy. Why hasn't Brisker been in the conversation with Dax and Lewis and uh, I mean Kyle Hamilton's in a class of his own, but those like second tier one guys. Why is mm-hmm. Brisker seem to just follow that? For me, I I think you're seeing more of these safeties that are playing in the slot nowadays, like you used to, it used to always be a corner there. And like now safety is kind of um, becoming more prevalent and it helps you again in run defense. What yeah. makes Daxton more valuable in my opinion is just like with the length and the way that he moves and his cover skills, I think you could honestly put him at corner, like on the boundary and he can play. So he's a little bit more versatile in my opinion. Um, 
as far as Lewis seen, seems just an unbelievable athlete. <laughs> I mean, like the way that he moves, I mean, Brisker is a really good athlete too, but I think seeing like his athleticism in terms of just running straight downhill um, is going to be extremely appealing to teams. I don't know. Um, I could see teams be leaning a certain way and maybe having Brisker in that conversation. But like I said, I really think that Brisker would have had a more impressive year last year or and a little bit better tape or cleaner tape. Um, if he was able to play pain-free and not dealing with that shoulder injury. Yeah, I agree with that one. I think that did hurt his draft stock. He's just a surprise to me because every time I watch him, I'm impressed by him. And then you talk about, and I get, like we've talked about this before, five safeties aren't going to go in the first round, so they do get spread out a little bit. But it just seems as if he's not even in the conversation, and it's always surprised me. So. My dude's on, my guy is on the other side of the ball. And just to keep it realistic again, I think it's George Pickens. I'm I'm real into the wide receivers this season. I, I think every year there's loads of wide receivers, but I think this year there's some true talent. George Pickens is a dude who people are talking, oh, he might slide into the bottom of the first round. In my opinion, if he makes it to 52 and you could just sit there, that's a steal. Because that's a guy that could come in. You've explained this before. He could play X. He could play pretty much all over the field, anywhere you need him to be. He is that true third guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers that just makes all the sense in the world. There's another question here from Tyler about whether or not we'd be surprised if the wide receiver wasn't taken in the first three rounds. Yeah, very, very surprised. I think that if they don't take one in the second, it would have to be because there's a true best player available that they're really in love with. Yeah, I, I, I also agree with that. I think they're going to take a receiver on day two. Um, and, and it really wouldn't surprise me. I mean, they need one. It's a need. They need a starting receiver. You know, you have Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, but you need that third receiver who's a starter now in today's NFL with how much 11 personnel we see. Um, and just going back to Brisker, like another thing that I think that he could stand to work on at the next level, because he is a really good athlete, um, I think transitions can be – a little bit of a problem sometimes with him. Like he's not as fluid flipping his hips as you'd like to see, but there are flashes where it's good. He can just be a little bit high in my opinion, but uh, I I like Pickens as well. I mean, he's another good answer. If he's there at 52, like that's incredible value in my opinion. Um, It would be a tough decision for me personally on who I'd pick between Pickens or Brisker at that point. I was going to say, if they're both on the board, who are you taking? Are you taking Brisker? I would go Brisker. Yeah, they're both really good players. I think um, if you if you wait until round three, the receiver class is deep to where you can get contributors. I'm not really sure who they would go with based on who's going to be there. I mean, there's guys like maybe like John Mechie um, who played a lot of slot at Alabama. You look at guys like maybe Justin Ross at Clemson. You know, he's played on the boundary primarily, but – um, you know, a bigger receiver, 6'4", uh, dealt with a lot of injuries, bad quarterback play last year, bad offense. Um, and then maybe another guy, I don't know, it feels early for him, but like we said the same thing about when they took Deontay Johnson at like 66 a couple years ago. Um, yeah, maybe a guy like Danny Gray from yeah. SMU. Um, you know, them sending the receivers coach, normally if your position coach goes to your pro day, that's a that's a good indicator that there's a significant amount of interest. And uh, they went to see Gray and Ross and Pickens. Um, so 
that's that those are guys that I'm definitely looking for on day two as, as far as like who's going to be putting on a Steelers uniform. Those are names that, I, that I'd have circled. What about uh, Jahan Dotson at 20? Too early. I believe it's too early. Yeah, that, that's a little early for me. I, I think Dotson's a good player. Um, he's really unique, though, because I while I am excited about seeing his transition to the league, He's just a very unique player because, like, he doesn't have great size, but he just plays extremely well above the rim. I mean, it's not normal that you see a 5'11 guy be able to go high point the football and go make plays in the air like he does. Um, He's pretty well-rounded as far as, like, you know, there's some good route running reps. I think some of his route running needs to get a little sharper, but – I do, I do like Dotson as far as like just being a really well-rounded receiver. I just don't know if I'm taking a receiver in round one. I want the potential for him to be like a wide receiver one, and I don't yeah. see that with Dotson. I see, I see Dotson as a wide receiver three, like maybe in like year one, year two, but like could definitely be a wide receiver two in the future. Um, so that's why I, I don't think I think twenty is a little rich for my blood. Yeah, me too, and I think that he will go before fifty-two. And I think that's like the perfect place for him is early second round somewhere because he does have a lot of talent and this dude can do a lot of things and he plays much bigger than he says or than he looks. So I think he is going to make an impact on the team in year one. But just like you said, he doesn't bring wide receiver one, not in year one. 20, there's a lot of talent on on the board here. Um, Let's go to Aiden's question here on – Joe Hayden, do you think he'd come back on a discount price? Before you answer that, what would be a discount price for Joe Hayden? You got to remember, this is swag you, okay? This dude has a driver to practice. I love Joe Hayden. I think he's an excellent human being, but he's got a driver to practice. He is always decked out in the finest gear, always. Uh, I remember Ray Ray McLeod said one time, we asked him, somebody asked a dumb question about, his his swag or something and he was like oh he's like joe hayden's got rich people money and i was like oh okay i get that i knew exactly what he meant so what is a discount for joe hayden yeah so i don't think joe hayden's gonna come back i don't think there's really any interest from the steelers and i don't know that there would be interest from joe's perspective either joe's at that age man where like i think he's gonna want to go to a contender primarily a team that plays a lot of zone coverage. I actually, I love the fit for Buffalo if he does decide to go that route um, because Buffalo, you know, plays a lot of zone defense. But I think that the signing of Levi Wallace, like a lot of the things that Wallace does is what Joe does really well. So like, I think they're very similar players um, in terms of just like the things that they can do. They're both zone coverage corners. Um, good tack like good tacklers you know willing to play like trap and um they can play trail but you're not they're not guys that you want in man-to-man coverage joe's just lost like a step and a half and i really think that that's you know a reason why like for me i don't know what the discount would be and i don't want it to be like disrespectful to him either like a guy who's made like nine to ten million i mean he's made a ton of money uh, a ton of career. money like in cleveland you know, he signed that massive deal before he like got released a couple of years into it. He's been in Pittsburgh for like five years. And I think all of those have been, you know, eight to $10 million a year contracts. I mean, I, 
I don't know what he's looking for, um, but it's just really not something that I'm interested in. I loved having Joe here in Pittsburgh. Like it was fun to watch him, especially a oh, guy yeah. that I watched, um, you know, when I was younger in uh, in college at Florida. But I just I don't see the I don't see the fit anymore, really, unfortunately. No, I think Joe's moving on. And I like your thought on a contender. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could also be an answer for him, a team that doesn't necessarily like need a true starter but could occupy Joe quite well, still pay him a decent amount of money. I hope he does find a contract somewhere. Like I said, Joe's one of the nicest people I've ever met, ever. Um, and I, I think that he's still got enough in it to – play somewhere. Well, will that be Pittsburgh? No. And I think the NFL draft will be because of that. They have Levi Wallace. They have Akella Witherspoon. They have Cam Sutton. They don't, they have Arthur Millette. They don't need, you know, somebody to play a lot. They just need somebody to fill in. So good. My thoughts on the corner position is um, like you either, they're either going to take a guy in the draft that maybe they can develop down the road because they don't really have like long-term answers at corners. Uh, Wallace and Witherspoon both signed two-year deals, but like there's an easy out after one. Um, Cam Sutton, you know, same situation. He's on a shorter term deal now. I don't know what their plan is for that position, but I don't see um, really the best course of action would either be a upgrade, which means you need to take like an Andrew Booth or something like that in like round one. Or we could see them take like a day three or a later round pick and try to develop those guys like maybe um, in a reserve role this year to maybe step into a starter role next year. So what are that's a good thing, because I did want to ask you about this. What are some options later in the draft? In defensive backfield, primarily a corner, I guess, that the Steelers could find that can actually make an impact. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different guys that I've watched tape on the one guy that sticks out to me as far as that I really like is uh Jalen Armour Davis he's a guy that really needs to work on his technique he's a little sloppy with his footwork really raw but when you watch him on tape I mean the athleticism really pops I mean he's a sudden athlete he's explosive the recovery speed straight line speed is all there um and he's got the NFL body to play on the boundary um, he really only has one year of tape because he dealt with some injuries at Bama and then he decided to come out early, but I thought he was their best corner last year. And I really, I really was really intrigued by his film. Um, so he's a kind of a day three guy that I'd be intrigued by. I would honestly take him maybe even as early as like round three where the Steelers pick. Um, what? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on the upside. I, I think that he can play and be like a starting corner with like a year of seasoning with the right DB coach. But one thing I will say though, I like him a lot more in man. So if you're planning on playing a whole lot of zone, like he's so he's a little bit raw in his technique and he's still not really there as like a zone processor, like processing route concepts, like behind him, that's not his strength yet. Um, Other guys like maybe Joshua Williams from Fayetteville state. um, He like people talk about, um, People talk about Sauce Gardner being kind of the builder, the builder corner, if you will. Uh, Josh Williams kind of in that same mold. I mean, he's like 6'2". He scored a 10 RAS. Just looking at his like card right now, freaking ridiculous. 195 pounds, you know, ran a 4.53.40, but a 1.5 split. That's like a unreal time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody of that size. 
And there's even other like corners that I really like on day three, like Kobe Durant. He's a guy that I mocked to the Steelers. He had a really big game against Clemson, two interceptions this year. Um, it's a good corner class, man. I, I don't, I think there's guys on day three with upside to be starters. And um, that's really not usually the case. Um, it has been the last couple of years, but it's really rare that I feel like I'm, con- I'm not confident, but like I could see, you know, six or seven guys um, being starters at the next level. Another guy that even Andrew Booth's teammate, Mario Goodrich, I think. Oh, that's a that's a guy I have, I forget. So every time we talk about this, I'm like, I, I think to mention him. I can't get words out right now. I think to mention him, and then I don't. And then I think about him at some point throughout the day. And I'm like, oh, this is a dude. Andrew Booth took a lot of attention because of how good Andrew Booth is. But he – contains a lot of pro skills that I think that, I mean, he, he's very unfined, but he's a dude that you could bring in and say, you could work with. He reminds me a little bit of Justin Lane, which stinks. It's a terrible comparison, but he's a dude who you just look at and go, he could be a pro. The thing, the thing that I like about Goodrich and like, obviously I've already mentioned, you know, the way that Booth plays the run and the way he can diagnose stuff and fly up. Yeah. Um, Ali, but like Goodrich is the same kind of guy. Like he plays the run really well. He's, he's a solid tackler. Um, he's just really willing to put his face in the fan. And like, you look at what corner, like what Pittsburgh typically looks at, looks at for the corner position. Um, you have to tackle if you're going to be a zone defense or you're going to play corner in Pittsburgh, like you have to tackle. So, um, you know, Goodrich does have some things to work on, but I think like, again, like as a day three corner, um pretty good chance I think that he would make the roster um and somebody that maybe could slide into one of those corner positions if you didn't want to um if you didn't want to retain you know Wallace or Witherspoon after this year maybe he could slide in there along with the draft pick next year Uh, but I I I like Goodrich a lot as far as like a day three guy all right so let's transition over to the offense here there's two questions here about the quarterbacks do you believe that the loss of Dwayne Haskins is adds pressure to the Steelers quarterback situation. And just to kind of bounce piggyback off of that one, Ronald way earlier in the chat um, asked for a sleeper at quarterback later in the draft. He says Cole Kelly. Okay. Um, The first question um, as sad of a situation as the Dwayne Haskins uh, tragedy is don't really think that that really impacts the Steelers playing time. We've yeah. talked about it for the last couple of months. Steelers are, in our opinion, they're going to take a quarterback in round one probably, or they're going to take one really early. Um, I don't know that Haskins really played much into that thought process. I just think that the Steelers really want one and they're going to get one. Um, as far as the next question was, Cole Kelly is really interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he's a name that I watched a little bit last year. A guy that I think could be a sleeper and may go a little bit earlier than expected is um, – EJ Perry from Brown. Um, oh, he visited watched, with the Browns yesterday, correct? Yeah, he's actually had a couple visits. Um, he's really interesting. He's a pretty good athlete for um, – what's that, man? Uh, he's a pretty good athlete for his size, um, really accurate underneath. I noticed a couple off-script plays where he was rolling out of the pocket and was able to throw touch passes like down the sideline, good accuracy. Um, I'm not sure that he's ever going to be more than a backup, but like when you're talking about day three quarterbacks, um, I think he has a chance to make a roster. So if you're looking for like a sleeper in that regard, um, 
you know, I think I think the other well-known guys that are going to probably go on a day three, like Bailey Zappi, incredibly productive through like six pounds or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Western, um, I think, you know, chance to be a backup. Maybe Caleb Ellaby played in a really um, RPO system um, in college. I think he has a role as a backup quarterback in the in the league as well. So I think those guys are all guys that could make rosters next year. Um, I like Zappi. I like Ellaby. Um, I I said that name wrong, but I apologize. I uh, I think both of them have the athleticism to actually be a quality Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback as a backup. The problem with the Steelers is, and this is my this is my thought, just to address the first one, is I think the Steelers do add another quarterback because they said they'll bring four quarterbacks into the summer, and I think they're going to stick with that. You know, again, a tragic, terribly heartbreaking loss for Dwayne Haskins, and I still think all of Steelers Nation's feeling that. But God, I think it's a veteran. I think it's a younger veteran. Um, a name to keep an eye out for, as crazy as this sounds, is Josh Rosen. Dude's still very young. At worst, if you bring Mason Rudolph and Mitchell Trubisky and a rookie into the into the offseason, you're getting rid of one of those three. Chances are it's Mason Rudolph, but you're not going to keep all three on the roster for the whole season. You're going to carry two quarterbacks into the season. You're probably going to trade Mason Rudolph or cut him or whatever. And then you want a practice squad guy. I think Josh Rosen, nice catch, fills that very well, where he's an option to come in, be a practice squad guy. He's athletic enough to kind of imitate any quarterback you need to. And, you know, there's not really high expectations. At the same time, he's young and he could kind of push these guys. There's a couple other names. Geno Smith was a name I thought could have fit kind of well in that situation, but obviously he re-signed with the, the Seahawks. But I think that's how they go with their fourth quarterback there. Yeah, I I personally think it's going to be a first-round draft pick. And then oh, it they'll is. probably it roll – They'll probably roll with that guy, whether it's Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter, whoever um, – Trubisky Rudolph is a little bit of question mark would they keep all three of those like would they keep Rudolph if they have Trubisky I don't know and then you're probably looking at like an undrafted free agent for that four spot in my opinion like I don't think that Perry because I think Perry's going to get drafted um Zappi's going to get drafted uh Cole Kelly I'm not sure if he's going to get drafted because he didn't get a combine invite um but, you know, I, speaking of Bailey Zappi, though, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, one of the guys we talked earlier in the show, for the people that weren't in here at the beginning, we talked about pass rushers. Just not really – maybe that's not the biggest need next year, assuming you get to it in Alu-Alu back. But, like, two years from now, it looks like a pretty big need when you just look at their roster and just kind of the ages of Cam Hayward, contracts of other guys. Um, D'Angelo Malone from Western Kentucky, I'm glad that – Somebody brought up Zappy to make me remember that. But um, he's a guy that I really like as far as like a day three pass rusher that has a lot of tools. Um, he's like 6'4", 240. Um, honestly, one of the best benders in the class when it comes to like bending around contact. He's a strictly speed pass rusher who, you know, he's pretty – I mean, it's exclusively speed. I mean, there's no power behind his hands yet at all. Um, he's really still developing that. But – really highly productive in college. I think he had like 32 and a half sacks Um, as a fifth year senior last year. He used his COVID year, had eight sacks, but he forced four fumbles. Um, So you like to see like that type of uh, turnover production from your edge rusher. So he's a guy that I think, you know, as a developmental guy to take late in the draft, 
Um, he could make a lot of sense. Brandon Hunt was at the Western Kentucky Pro Day. Obviously, Zappy's probably the most known name. Um, they also have a slot receiver, Jared Stearns, who caught for almost oh. 2,000 yards last year, which True. is absurd. Um, only 5'9", exclusively a slot receiver, but um, extremely productive and uh, maybe a guy that, you know, didn't get a combine invite, so I'm not sure if he gets drafted or not, but maybe that's a guy they look at as far as an undrafted free agent. So – Will Anderson, TJ Watt. I would, yeah, any day, <laughs> any single day. Won't happen, unfortunately. All right. Let's finish it off here with uh, – we knew it was going to happen. We knew we were going to get one of them. Excited to get one of them because we're getting close. And we'll have to go – we could go – I thought about this the other day. After this offseason, maybe after next offseason, we might never talk about a quarterback again in Pittsburgh for like the next 10 years. So everybody's so. Com- no, everybody's no. complaining, but like this is where it's at. But after this, we're talking about defensive tackles and how Please. bad – Chase Claypool is or isn't. So enjoy it while it lasts. All right, we'll finish it off here. Desmond Ritter, first round, pick 20. We're not saying they move at all. We're saying pick 20. We'll even say in this situation, Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis are already gone because I believe that's I, – I, I believe they'd pick Desmond Ritter over Kenny Pickett, but I think that's a whole other conversation. Desmond Ritter at 20, is it a reach? Are you feeling good enough? Yes, it's a reach in that they probably shouldn't do it, but it's not the worst case scenario. Uh, And I'll clarify that by saying, like, I think Ritter has two traits that I absolutely love for a quarterback. And I think he's probably the smartest quarterback in this class in terms of, like, just identifying defenses pre-snap and knowing where his head should be post-snap. And I love the aggressiveness. Like when teams blitzed him, he got super aggressive and pushed the ball down the field. I think that that is also a really good trait because as a young quarterback in the league, defensive coordinators are going to try to get you rattled. They're going to bring the house. You have to have the answers um, very quickly because you got to understand, like you'll see things pre-snap and they will change post-snap and you have two and a half seconds to get the ball out. So you have to have a quick processor. And I think for the most part, Desmond really does that. Um, He's athletic, um, has a good arm. I wouldn't say a great arm strength, but a good arm. Um, I really still see – I know everyone that has – he's compared himself to Ryan Tannehill. I do think that there are some Tannehill-ish vibes from Ritter. Um, a guy that would thrive, you know, in terms of, like, going play action. He can play under center. Um, so I, I don't think it's the worst-case scenario. Now, do I think that they should pick him over, like – I'm not going to mention Boo's name again, but, like, do I think they should pick him over, like – better players just to get a quarterback no I don't but like I could totally see them doing that but I think people will love Ritter in Pittsburgh after he's selected if that's the case because he's a winner like he made a lot of clutch plays down the stretch like you look at what he did to Notre Dame we've talked about this game on the podcast before but like just I think his attitude and he has the right approach of what you want in a rookie quarterback like they asked him about the the interview before the Notre Dame game, they asked him about the crowd noise, and he looked at the reporter and he was like, I, I told my offensive coordinator it won't be loud for too long. Like he just had he has the right swagger, he has the right confidence for the position. And that's very important. I, I've stressed this a lot this offseason, but that's very important. Your quarterback has to be the most com- confident slash cocky person on your team. And I think that Ritter really has that trait. Um, do I see him as like a top 10 guy in the league? I personally 
don't think he gets there. Um, but I think he could be a good start. I think he could be a pretty good starting quarterback. My only worry, and I want your opinion on this, is that he turns into a quarterback similar to Jalen Hurts, where his efficiency is running the football and not throwing the football. Lamar Jackson's a bad example because I think Lamar could throw the football if he had anybody to throw the football to. Mm-hmm. Is is that a justified worry that Desmond Ritter could turn, especially in a Matt Canada style offense where like, as of what we know right now, it's quick passes and letting people do their thing. Well, Desmond, Desmond Ritter is going to want to do his thing. Is that is it a worry to, that he that'll turn into a runner? I was worried about that with Hurts because when I watched him in college, yeah. that man could not process <laughs> for for any specific reason. I mean, like him trying to process stuff was just very slow, in my opinion. So that was my worry with Hurts was because he often turned down open receivers in order to scramble. I don't have that same worry with Ritter. Ritter wants to be a pocket passer, like despite being really athletic and he really can be like a really fast straight line runner. Um, he wants to throw from the pocket. And I, I want that as like as a quarterback. I mean, that's that's a good trait to have. Um, people can get it done in different ways. But um, I think that that's not really a concern of mine. The biggest concern for me is the accuracy. Like Ritter's just yeah. – flat out not accurate enough. And like a lot of that stems from his mechanics. He oftentimes throws from like a wide base where either locks out his front, um, locks out his front leg, or he just doesn't have proper weight distribution. So those things worry me. Um, And they especially worry me because I look at, I've watched Ritter for four years now and I really studied him last summer, um, even when he went back to school. And I thought his mechanics got better this year, but his accuracy really didn't. So, like, that's a concern for me when the accuracy is still not there as a senior. It's a it's definitely a worry because, I mean, not everybody's Josh Allen. I mean, that's that's the exception to the rule, not the rule itself in terms of like fixing accuracy problems. But you look at, um, you know, I mean, like I said, Renner's got Ritter's got a lot of intangible qualities, in my opinion, and like you can't turn your nose up at a guy that led Cincinnati. Who's not a powerhouse blue, blue blood program. He went like 44 and four. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, they, they they had a lot of big wins. I mean, he led them to bowl games against uh, Georgia and Alabama. Of course they didn't win those games, but um, it's not like he didn't, he looked like he didn't belong either. So that's what I'm saying. He brought up a fight against Bama and that spoke a lot. All right. We got one more. Let me ask this though. Let me ask this before. Actually let's ask this one. Then we'll finish off with that one. Um, Willis, whether we trade up or sit back at 20 and get him, does he fit into Matt Canada's offense? What we know of Matt Canada's offense so far. I'm not really sure what that is, to be honest. People keep telling me, (laughs) like he's ran so many different, like if you look at like his offense when he was at NC state, it's different from when it was at the, from what it was when he was at Pitt. So like, and then you look at LSU and that was like a total disaster, but like completely different from what it was at Pitt too. So I don't know. I mean, their offense changed last year under Canada um, from the previous year, but I don't know what it's going to look like. I do think that um, he wants to get under center more maybe. And Willis didn't do a ton of that in college, but like he showed at the senior bowl um, that he could do that. I think that if you're taking Willis, and you're not going to let him run or you're going to tell him like, Hey, don't run. Or you're not going to design runs, especially on like third and short third and like medium Tomlin actually talked about this last year, but like when you get into those third and short situations, that's where having a running quarterback 
is really advantageous for your offense because it gives the def- the defense one more guy that they have to account for. And not only is it one more guy that they have to account for, you got to think like quarterback runs, you have an additional blocker because you're using like your halfback as a blocker. Um, so there, there is that aspect of it. I do think if you're going to take Willis, you need to just let him be him. Like you need to develop him yeah. as an passer because he's got a long way to go in terms of like reading defenses. Um, in my opinion, the mechanics have gotten a little bit better, um, but you absolutely have to let him run. Like as even say he sits next year and plays the year after, I think the absolute floor for Malik is like, seven, 800 rushing yards if he stays healthy. I mean, (laughs) there's no reason that it should be less than that. Like really, you just got to let him be him. I mean, he's a really good athlete. You got to let, let him use his skill set to the best of his ability. Yeah, I agree. I I don't know when, just to touch on the beginning, I don't know all we've learned about Matt Canada's offenses. And like, I feel like I'm throwing some shade at like the media around me and I don't mean to, but is we've learned that he wants to run some play action. Didn't see much of it. He wants to be under center and he wants to move guys around a lot pre-snap. Besides that, I couldn't tell you. And we didn't do much of any of that. So I don't, I couldn't tell you at all what to expect from Matt Canada's offense. Um, I think that Malik, I think whatever quarterback is here, it gets built to them. And I think that's the important part. You can't build an offense to your offensive coordinator. Your offensive coordinator has to build an offense to your quarterback. That's the difference. And, and that's just – that's not specific to the Steelers either. That is common sense football 101. I mean, and that's something that I didn't think the Steelers did a very good job about that last year. I'm not going to get into that whole rant. But if your offensive coordinator isn't doing things to the strengths of your quarterback, you need to get yep. a new offensive coordinator. So, like, that yep. – to me, it, in terms of, like, for one, we don't know if Canada is going to be around much longer. I mean, he's he had a, a – really bad offense last year. We'll see how it looks this year with Trubisky. But, like, we don't know if he's going to be the coordinator for Malik or whoever they draft in the short term or a long term. So you don't draft somebody for Canada's offense or, like, try to fit them into Canada's offense. Canada is responsible for making an offense advantageous for that quarterback. And that's that's really what the focus should be moving forward. Yep, there were a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of comments last year about how, oh, Ben's not adjusting to the offense. Well, eh, maybe the offense should adjust to your Hall of Fame quarterback. That's how we're not going usually that way. All right. All right. We're about to head out. I want, real quick, before we leave, who right now we are less than two weeks away from the NFL draft is your first round pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Mm. Oh, we're not prepared. I thought you would be prepared. I'm still gonna go with Ritter. I I think I I think they really want Willis, but I just don't know if they're gonna be willing to pay the cost to go get him. I, I will say this: if if Willis gets past Carolina, then I want to switch my pick because I think they'll be <laughs> to get him. I just don't know. I don't know what Carolina's gonna do. Rule is desperate to save his job. They should 100% take Charles Cross. I, I don't understand any mock draft that doesn't have them taking Charles Cross. I don't get it. But they might take Kenny Pickett. They might take Malik Willis. I've even seen some people saying that Matt Corral might be in the discussion. I think that's absolutely I have crazy. seen that. That's um, crazy. But if he gets past Carolina, you start looking at the teams that could potentially, like Atlanta's another team that who knows what they're going to do. But Atlanta, they need help everywhere. They could pick anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think if he got past um, – Carolina, I think the Steelers would be really on the phones in order to move up 
from Malik, but I just think Ritter, I, I have a good amount of confidence that he's going to probably be there at 20. So I'm going to, I'm going to say that that's probably my pick. Yeah. I feel the exact same way The Desmond Ritter is my pick at 20. If I don't think it's six, I think if he slides past nine, I think if he gets past the Seahawks, then the Pittsburgh Steelers start calling. Cause I think they could grab him at 13, I believe 12 with the Minnesota Vikings. I think that's a good place for him and they might not have to give up. Too much, but that's a wait and see type situation, draft night type stuff. Are we gonna we gonna drop the new? Oh yeah, we didn't drop the thing. All right, so we before we head out here, if you have not, if you have not checked our community page on our YouTube, we'll drop it on Twitter. Um, We'll share it on Facebook, pretty much everywhere. Me and Derek, along with some very special guests that we will announce at a later date, will be hosting a live. NFL draft special four hours before the first pick in the 2022 NFL draft. We'll be jumping on YouTube right at youtube.com slash all Steelers talk from four to 8 PM here chatting with you guys chatting with some guests, maybe a former Pittsburgh Steelers Super Bowl champion. And on top of all that, we got plenty and plenty of giveaways, some signed jerseys, manscapes tossing us some stuff to give away to all of you guys so we are very excited we can't wait to join you guys talk some nfl draft for four hours before the nfl draft and then send everybody in to draft night until one in the morning when we hear desmond ritter's name called with that first pick and look i'm seeing i got i see all these names on a weekly basis so i'm expecting every (laughs) single one of you guys in here we're throwing a four hour pre-draft show a four hour okay all you gotta do is be in here we're gonna give a ton of stuff away we're gonna give away some jerseys some manscaped products i might even go cop some other stuff um so make sure you're in here obviously if you're not already subscribe to the channel subscribe 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 um but yeah, we're super excited. Um, the the guests and stuff will be out. Y'all will know who's coming on. A lot of people that you guys probably already um, listened to. Um, we're really excited about it. It's something that we've been we've had in the works for several several weeks now. We've worked a lot, done a lot of work on. So I'm excited about it. Two weeks away, less than two weeks away now. So um, just make sure y'all tap in, hit the like button, set your alarms, whatever you got to do. Um, yes, sir. But yeah, I'm I'm so I'm so hyped about it. We're uh we're jacked up over here. We are very jacked up. It's gonna be very excited. We'll talk a little bit more. Hopefully, we have a final guest list for you guys next Friday. Um, so we could release that as well. In the meantime, make sure that you're hitting the like button, you're hitting the subscribe button, you're sharing this to all your friends using our promo code at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping. Remember that we have a post in our community page as well. For you to drop your mock drafts, we'll check them out next week throughout the week. We'll be giving away some terrible towels to ones that we think best fit the Pittsburgh Steelers. So make sure that you do that. We appreciate you. Thank you for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk. We'll be back next week. Enjoy your weekend. Peace. Peace.